guys five movies this is one of your co-hosts chris gasberry this is frank pelicone you're listening to episode 42 of the spin chagrin and last week's category was a spoof movie um in which i got red carded on and frank couldn't have picked a better fucking category and movie to red card me on so frank you want to tell him what you came up with for a spoof movie uh so in honor of the holiday because we're recording this on halloween um, I selected uh, 2013's 30 Nights to Paranormal Activity with the Devil Inside the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Um, it's the most is, I'll laugh is the, t- is the title, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So you can tell by the title that it's um, it's going for the gusto. It's trying to mm-hmm. spoof as much as it can. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of... I mean it's been well documented on the podcast that i'm not the biggest you know fan of comedies in general um but i'm a little more lenient on spoof movies than other genres of comedy because um like when they're done right they can actually be pretty funny i think um i think some of the scary movies have some funny things in them um but when they're not done right which is like 90 percent of spoof movies Mm-hmm. Uh, they're pretty pretty abysmal to watch, and they're just kind of a shotgun at the wall type thing where it's just every single thing they can reference. Like, they're not necessarily spoofing a movie. They're spoofing movies and pop culture, and um, in this case, they're just, like, blatantly racist and bigoted in a lot of ways. So. Yes yes um yeah i'm not a fan overall of spoof movies even and, and and at least i'll say the scary movie stuff generally tends to stay focused a, a little bit more because it's a narrative plot like it's a, it's it's a, it's referencing things but it's about something sure um it's like, and, and, it's... and they're exaggerate. they're doing what a spoof should do a lot of times which is a kind of exaggerating the tropes of the genre right and it's like austin powers i is a movie that i love like to this day and it's to me it does what a spoof movie is supposed to do is like basically turn everything up to like you know 11 or 12 in terms of the exaggeration of the tropes of the bond movies um and and it stays focused and it has a narrative of its own and all that kind of stuff this shit though right and they may they may not make me laugh as much anymore but i think the naked gun movies do the same thing and i think um stuff like wayne's world you know because wayne's Mm -hmm. world is a spoof of cable access tv shows and sure that movie whatever i mean like it's just an extended skit but it has a purpose and it has a plot and Mm -hmm. you know characterization even though it's really like broad in general but still whatever i mean right and and, and it's funny it has funny bits to it i mean this movie is not that so i'm gonna do my best to try and explain um what happens in this movie i'm gonna let you know that i was taking notes for a while Mm-hmm. And then I found myself so overwhelmed by mm-hmm. how awful it was that I kind of just like dropped my phone in a stupor and just watched um watched the rest of the movie. Yeah. At at one point I picked up my remote and I hit I have a um an Amazon like smart TV. So you know, you hit the remote and you can see on Tubi you can see like where you are in the movie and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, all right, I'm at least like 45, 50 minutes into this movie. No, 
I was legit 23 minutes into the movie and yeah. I could not believe that that many things had happened yes. in that shortest span of time and it had felt like an eternity. It is like the longest like 80 minutes of your life. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And it's not even 80 minutes, it's 79 minutes. Right. So yeah. You would think this would be your perfect film because <laughs> it's over, you know, ostensibly before it starts, but no, no, no. Right. 30 days of paranormal activity with the devil inside the girl with the dragon tattoo. And I just did that for memory. So I'm proud of myself. <laughs> it's a, it's a very long title. It um, it, it, it's, it, it's got you for the long haul. So the movie opens with a spoof of YouTube, I guess, like the ads before, like you watch a YouTube video. Yes. And the spoof is for the spoof is of Skittles. And it's a spoof of the Taste the Rainbow commercials that were out, um, have been out for, you know, the better part of a decade. Um, and it's a man fucking a woman and ejaculating Skittles all over her. Um, but they're called Spittles, I think. Piddles. Not Piddles. Piddles? Piddles. Yeah, Piddles, not, not Skittles. So this yeah. really does a good job of setting the tone for what you can expect from the rest of the movie. Yes. Um, which is people fucking things yes and oftentimes not other people and and oftentimes maybe not consensually right right yeah there's some there's some rape in this movie but we'll we'll, we'll get to that comedy rape though so don't (laughs) right right don't be too don't be too put off because you know it's funny right so the premise of the movie the first premise is that these two women are on the storage wars show like esque show and they open a container that the one woman has bought and inside the container is a very crude imitation of Adele Mm -hmm. singing a very poor parody of rolling in the deep about how you paid for this container now you're rolling in this heap and that's legitimately like how she sings it and she's playing the piano um so the women start looking through and they don't find anything that that is worth anything except the one woman finds like an 18 inch rubber dildo that she secretes into her purse because that's you know that's high quality um so they knock over a box and a tape falls out and on the spine of the a vhs tape falls out and on the spine of the vhs tape it just says found footage so they're all excited because they think they may have found a celebrity sex tape that they can sell for millions of dollars um so there happens to be a combo crt vhs tv that is hooked up and working inside the storage unit um so they put the tape in and then starts the movie proper so the movie starts with footage from I don't even know how to explain this because just like chronologically it makes no sense. So it starts in 1989 with an exorcism that was performed on French Stewart who's playing this dude in this house because he was possessed by demons. And it was an exorcism that was performed by clowns. And it starts with a 911 call where the operator's like, 
what's your nature of your emergency and they're like five and it's like pardon me ma'am five pardon me ma'am five dollar foot long so right away it's parodying an ad that didn't exist in 1989 so it's already like not to say that you have to suspend your disbelief whatever to watch a movie like this but it's already fucked up and then on top of that it doubles down with this anachronistic bullshit by saying that during the exorcism the possessed man killed the cast of the artist right the 2011 academy award-winning movie whatever right so two years after that movie came out they made this movie and they're mocking i guess the artsy frou-frou nature of that movie and somehow trying to like grab your middle american lowbrow sense of humor by me like oh he killed the cast of the artist 20 fucking years before that movie ever came out so it's already like incredibly stupid and so then a bit real quick the other thing about that five dollar thing is that like the idea is to like take that to its limit with just the five the five that would be the mocking of like something trying to be creepy and you like basically you run into the ground to where it's no longer creepy and it's just like absurd and off-putting to me would be the joke right to like to, to stop it and go into the five dollar foot long thing shows to me which is obvious through this movie that somebody doesn't understand even like the basics of comedy oh no they it, they, they, they it, think it's supposed to be random and it's random anti is funny. it's it's anti-comedy chris and that's what's supposed to be funny and yeah. we're we're gonna get to that as we dissect to this yeah cinema cinematic masterpiece so then it jumps forward to 1997 i think and this woman is the daughter of the man that was possessed so she's trying to find her father so she's hired this documentary crew to follow her around um so they go to italy where he's being held or in this insane asylum where no one speaks italian except the mario brothers are there um saying they need marinara stat which also doesn't make any sense like i need a magic mushroom stat or i need a fire flower stat like that's 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 a joke that actually fits with the mario brothers sure they just use the image of the mario brothers because they're italian plumbers right um so she finds her father and there's a bunch of really stupid jokes including him drawing a qr code on his arm in 1997 um and taking a picture of it so he can order two taiwanese hookers which isn't even like the joke because it's thai hookers not taiwanese hookers Mm -hmm. um but he orders two cheap taiwanese hookers and then says he never wants to see her again and then talks in a british accent and says he's a pretty pretty princess and she flees so then She's on the set of The Bachelor. And, and The Bachelor, which debuted in 2002, because I looked this up just to mm-hmm. see. It's 1998, and she's on The Bachelor. So four years before The Bachelor existed, she's on set. Um, and she gets the rose from The Bachelor guy, and they hump with their clothes on on the set, and then they have a baby. And fast forward, and now it's 2012, so it's 14 years. Mm-hmm. after they've humped and she's gotten pregnant and they've had a baby 
And they're moving out of the one bedroom apartment they share with the 15 members of the Ramirez family. And this is where I wrote down uh, Latin racism, like question mark. (laughs) Yeah. So they're moving into this new place, this beautiful house. Neither of them work, ostensibly, like he's some kind of businessman that has some dealings with something that he's got a meeting with some dude um with the umbrella corporation so there's resident evil reference there um they move into this house so they have this daughter the daughter is by my count 14 years old because it's been 14 years so maybe even 13 but 13 or 14 like give them give them the benefit of the doubt because it's 2012 right clearly clearly stated several times like during the opening and we haven't even really gotten i don't even think we've gotten to the credits yet like maybe the credits have happened at this point but it's like they make you go fucking like 20 minutes before you get credits to this movie. And that's a bold move in like a real movie. But in this movie, it's just annoying that like now I have to sit and like see this shit. So they move into the house. And of course, it's a parody of paranormal activity more than anything else, I guess. Yes. Um. So they move in and they have a Manny they call it that's m-a-n-n-y who is a gay hispanic man named felipe Felipe? yeah Yeah, it's felipe so felipe is a lot to talk about with felipe yeah the most crass yeah homophobic representation of a gay man maybe you could ever see in a movie like i'm sure there's movies that are worse than this but it's really bad and bad the presumptions of felipe and we we can just skip around because the fucking plot doesn't matter right the thing with felipe is he's a rapist number one because he likes to roofie people and then yes. fuck them yep because they well won't. he likes to put his cheese between their crackers according right. to felipe yeah. right well then yeah when yeah when when they're unconscious mm-hmm. um he calls it shit what does he call it something and bang oh god yeah i can't remember anyway he he's got it, he's yeah. got this this rhyming description of when he drops a roofie in your um amaretto sour and then proceeds to fuck you while you're unconscious he tells this to the 14 year old girl about how she can um have sex with abraham lincoln who lives across the um in the another the house across the street but we'll 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 get to that too right yeah um felipe likes to fuck the pool heater yes and likes to fuck the pool vacuum yes because felipe just wants to fuck everything because he's gay felipe has a gerbil in his um he does Mm -hmm. a gerbil with a plunger and some sticks of butter so it's implied that felipe slides Mm -hmm. the gerbil into his anus felipe pretends like he's going to molest the infant child yes of the main couple in this movie by pretending he's going to have the child suck his nipple Yep. Um. And then says, "Oh, ha ha ha! Just kidding. You're a baby." Which but is implied... which? Which is the one of two baby fucking jokes that happen in this movie. But yes, it's definitely true. And we'll 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 get uh-huh. to that. It's one of the many sins. <laughs> yes. Of thirty days of thirty nights of paranormal activity with the devil inside the girl with the dragon tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um. So Felipe is just a mess, and yeah. Anytime they show him, it's definitely to mock the hispanic community and the gay community yes 
and sometimes i think the trans community and there's another like character that i think is mocking the trans community yeah. we'll get to that in a second yeah yeah that's an important character to talk about well she's only in it for i know and it's and it and, it, and i think the whole movie hinges on that character in some yeah. ways it's just how gross this movie actually is it was the first time when this character is introduced and we'll just we'll, we'll get to that in a second where i said what the fuck am i watching yeah and there had been many moments before that where I was thinking, what the fuck am I watching? But that's the first time I verbalized it by myself in my mm-hmm. living room mm-hmm. watching this film. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, the first night they're in the house, like, um, things happen, like cabinets open and things disappear and they feel like there's some other presence in the house and the husband refuses to believe that it's ghosts, but then some other... I, I can't remember like exactly. Hold on, let me look at my notes. Um, they're unpacking, and the wife pulls out a Ku Klux Klan outfit, hangs it in the closet, and yep. the husband remarks at how hot that is. Mm-hmm. Um, they're talking to their daughter, and she says, why are you bothering me when I'm trying to post nudes on Twitter? Mm-hmm. Um, so implying that a 13 or 14 year old is posting nudes on Twitter mm-hmm. uh, that daughter is the girl with the dragon tattoo like analogy in the movie mm-hmm. um, including like the way she looks and the way she dresses she basically looks like um, what's her name uh, new, new, new me rapace or whatever mm-hmm. from the movie Yeah. Um, so all this convinces them that they need a security system so they can see what's happening so there, there is one joke I, that I want to mention that's right in between this. It's another like I think anti-gay joke, because um, at this point when they get the security system, they've had like incidents happen in the house. Like things have been like turned like you know like upside down within thirty seconds, like in the living room, and then they go into the bedroom, and the bedroom has been redecorated. Um, oh yes, yes, that's and and it's all like in pinks and stuff like that, and it look it... and and the and the response to by the husband is that it looks like Neil Patrick Harris threw up in here, right? Which yeah, why Neil Patrick Harris, who has nothing to do with interior design whatsoever, um, it is. The only reason that you reference Neil Patrick Harris is because he is he's gay. He's, he's gay. Right. That's it. And then the so, whole the whole joke is that is is this kind of stereo again more stereotyping. And this is like the least of its sins, but it's just more stereotyping of gay people at this right. point. Um it would have been more apropos even like, you know, for the reference to sit there and talk about like, you know, uh, um queer eye like, guys you know or like, something well like. or you could have said it looks like felipe threw up in here because he's <laughs> right sure. mentioned as a right. gay character right right i actually have gay bigotry written down on my notes in between 14 year that is what most of my Twitter. notes are here <laughs> and i don't really take notes much so you know right. that if i'm taking notes uh-huh. i have to like really have a reason to try and remind myself sure um so they hire this company called it's like crux and something and i didn't understand if it was i was supposed to get something out of that i um, didn't and pay I, attention to it. I, I i missed it and then i didn't feel like rewinding because i'm not messing with Tubi, trying to throw some more ads at me right yeah. um so this woman shows up who's got this mullet and is wearing like gray sweats and immediately says and a tool belt Big and a tool, tool belt. belt, right? Big tool belt, because she's you know working in the home security industry. <clears throat> so 
That's important for a joke that's coming up. She immediately starts to make um, many sexual jokes and sexual references towards the 14-year-old girl. And it's not the first time that people want to fuck the 14-year-old girl. It's actually, like, the first of, like, six. But she says something like... Do you like things that dangle? Do you like things that dangle? Right. Mm-hmm. And she puts Talking her about hand the tool belt, kind of. But... Underneath yeah. her belly mm-hmm. and, like, massages up towards, like, whatever's between her legs. Yes. Which you later find out it's implied might be a penis. Right. Um. So then they're putting cameras everywhere, and that's the joke you know, of like all these movies where there's cameras and places that, why do you need a camera there? So it's like, oh, here's one in the bathroom. Here's one in the toilet. You know, here's one above your bed and whatever. And mm-hmm. um, so that lasts for like three or four minutes mm-hmm. of like just these crash jokes about how she wants to see them fucking and how she wants to fuck someone on their kitchen counter and mm-hmm. how the crib is perfect for like a blowjob because just like or, you know, or possibly uh, you could read that as possibly having like penetration sex through the crib slats yeah maybe i don't know which uh, I, which i which is a question to me it's up in the air i think it's a very thing because it's either one it's another baby fucking joke it could be a baby fucking joke or it's a deviant it's a joke about deviancy about like putting someone in the crib and having sex with them which again is linking LGBTQIA people to deviancy. Right. So either way doesn't look great. And um, an attraction to small children. It's just, yes. it's, it's, yes. it's just really disgusting. Yeah. The whole scene with this character is incredibly disgusting yeah. and yes. ends with the character urinating, standing up outside of their house into yeah. their bushes and then just leaving and never coming back in the movie. I was fully expecting a return of this character. It never happens. Nope. So, like everything else, just doesn't matter and it's gone. Yeah. Um. So then, there's a scene with the 14-year-old girl upstairs in her bedroom. And they're parodying American Beauty in 2013. But mm-hmm. she's, like, filming out her window. And across the yard, it, it's, it's, it's the scene... Where um, what's her name is filming Wes Bentley when he's like standing or he's standing in the window across from her and he's filming her and she's staring at him. It's basically the same thing, but she's filming Abe Lincoln, who's chopping wood mm-hmm. in his window, which I don't understand because it's like Washington was chopping down the cherry tree, but whatever. So then they make faces at each other, like sex faces. And then Abe Lincoln comes over and is trying to fuck her. Um, he wants to get in her Oval Office, and there's all kinds of like puns, but they're not very good puns. No. Um, she distracts him by saying, "There's John Wilkes Booth," and he gets all, all like shook. Mm-hmm. Um, which also implies that he is really Abraham Lincoln, and also that somehow he survived. 150 years post assassination right um but then as they start to like get intimate he looks over and there's just some old woman in the window and he says something like like, ah my old slut caught me like i I gotta go um and then basically implies that he'll be back to fuck her later Mm -hmm. that's when he says i want to get in that oval office Mm -hmm. um so he leaves 
Uh, there's a really tiny scene that happens right around this time too. Like this is a random scene, but also disturbing. Which is the husband is filming two women. Oh no, um, that, I'm I'm getting to that. Oh, you're, okay. you're, you're, well, you're, that, you're 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 or you're out of order. You're, I know. I told you it doesn't matter to you. <laughs> okay, you're fucking me up. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a scene of two women like soaping themselves in the shower or soaping each other in the shower like implied like that they're gonna have lesbian sex Mm -hmm. and the wife is like no 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 get out of my shower get out and then it turns around to like the camera that's in the ceiling and you see the husband is now holding a camcorder and like filming this and she's like what are you doing and he's like oh they're just my nieces yeah and it's like so now we have incest jokes so that's 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 cool that's something right yeah um yeah i have god this is only like 20 minutes into the movie right this is this is where i pressed up and was like oh my god (laughs) yeah so then i have gay man fucking a pool heater so then that happens there Uh that's like night five and they do the thing they do in paranormal activity where they cut between all the different cameras and so what they do is they cut to the outside where felipe is in the pool and he's like humping the wall of the pool and he's like i love this pool heater i love this pool heater Mm mm-hmm um so then i have a comment called horrifying pissing mm. and i think what that is is there's a scene where they're getting ready to go to bed and the husband is peeing in the toilet and they film it from the perspective of the camera inside the toilet for a while and there's just this huge like gargantuan stream of urine like hitting the camera and it cuts back and they're talking the whole time and he's pissing the whole time and finally, she's like, all right, honey, you ready to go to bed? And he says, oh, no, I'm going to be here for another 45 minutes. And there's urine, like, sloshing out of the toilet because he's pissed so much. Yes, he's like, that he's filled the toilet. The toilet. Yeah. Right. And it's like, I was trying to think, like, where that's funny or, like, who's laughing at that. And I just think it's, I, I think this movie is secretly, like, fetish porn. Yeah. Like, it's, like, softcore fetish porn. And it's just somebody is like, yeah, that's real hot. Yeah. Because here, let's compare it to another spoof movie in Austin Powers, like with like the pissing joke in that, which I think is funny. It's like there's a reason for it. He's the idea is he's been cryogenically frozen, and this is the first time he's like pissed in whatever, like you know, thirty years or something like that, and it just keeps coming out, like you know, and it can't like, and it's like that. There's some humor to it because there's context to it. There's no context to this whatsoever. It is yeah, completely it just, dude, dude's pissing, right. Right. Apparently for like, you know, an hour and a half. Right. Um, so then here's my notes and I eventually stopped taking notes, but um horrifying pissing, gay mm-hmm. man later fucking a pool vacuum, mm-hmm. American beauty joke with Abe Lincoln question mark, yeah. gay Latin rape joke, gay baby yeah. molestation joke. Mm-hmm. Then there's this really long scene where Felipe is dressed up like Natalie Portman in Black Swan. And is doing ballet all around the house and starts to get like attacked by this invisible ghost like while he's doing this ballet. And at one point, after he's been stabbed with a bayonet for some reason and is bleeding from his mouth and has been like beaten, he runs into the kitchen and there's this whole group of people, including it turns out the director of this movie. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what are you people doing here? And the guy's like, we're just trying to direct a movie guy. And he's like, leave me alone. And then he runs out into the yard and the pool vacuum 
wraps itself around him and kills him. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it cuts to a scene where it's the next morning and the husband comes out and he's freaking out and you think it's because he found the body of Felipe but really it's because the pool vacuum is out of the pool and he needs to get back in the pool so that the water doesn't become murky I think he says or something mm-hmm. um, so then Felipe's dead but he's not gone because he comes back a little later mm-hmm. um, so then there's this joke that the husband and wife have to take a group of Mexicans across the border. Um, so they say they have to take 15 Mexicans across the border. And that's why they're going to leave for the whole day. And the wife makes a joke like, honey, you know that Mexicans don't, or that illegals don't keep in this heat. Um, so they have to go take some illegals across the border. Uh, so then there's this really weird sequence um, because the girl is babysitting the baby now because they had to leave. There's this really weird sequence, and I don't understand this, and maybe you can explain it, where this buxom woman shows up in, like, a leather bustier and basically says that she wants to fuck the 14-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. And the 14-year-old girl's like, yeah, I'm down with that. And then this other woman shows up in a leather bustier and says something like, I'm Alice and this is my world. Is that a reference to like Resident Evil or something? Because I don't know. I, I don't. I, I, I don't know. I just assume because Abe Lincoln ends up involved in it, it's something involving Abe Lincoln vampire hunter or whatever that mm-hmm. I don't that I didn't understand. Because they're think... de- they're definitely vampires. I think they're supposed to be. Oh, are they? I didn't. I'm, pr- I'm I pretty sure. Yeah, I didn't get the joke at all. Any of it. So yeah. I don't know. I think it has to. Do Maybe it. it's like an underworld joke then or something. Maybe. Yeah, it might be um so those those two women start making out and say they want to have a threesome with the girl Mm -hmm. then Abe Lincoln's at the window and the girl like freaks out even though it's implied at one point that she says that she's a lesbian but again 13 or 14 years old and not not to say that someone can't know their sexuality but kind of weird to sexualize like a character that's supposed to be that's the weird part of it yeah Uh so the two women leave presumably to go fuck each other because that's what they say they're gonna do Mm mm-hmm then Abe Lincoln comes in, and she roofies Abe Lincoln, um, per Felipe's instructions, with an amaretto sour. But then the ghost of Felipe comes and tries to fuck Abe Lincoln. So he tries to right. suck his dick. He tries to lick his nipples. These are very, very explicit, like what Felipe's ghost mm-hmm. says he's going to do. Right. Then he chases Abe Lincoln upstairs and teabags Abe Lincoln. Which you know is happening because Abe Lincoln has his mouth wide open and says, "Oh, Abe Lincoln's being teabagged." So I yeah, mean, isn't that's... there like a teabag party joke or something in there too, or something like? Yeah, that happens at one point. I don't yeah. know, like when that happens. Um. So she starts to try and like get Felipe off of Abe Lincoln, um, and Felipe knocks her over the banister, and she falls to the floor and goes unconscious. Um. So then there's this weird sequence where there's a party happening with the baby and there's a bunch of people trying to get the baby drunk at the party and it's implied that the baby sleeps with like two women at the party mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. the baby's drunk. Yeah. Um, and that's not the first actually joke with... has that? Do you have that in your notes? There's There's also a drunk children joke before that even. I don't because remember the that. remember the mother t- 
talks they they show a flashback. Oh, right, right, with sister with, where they're with getting Jeremy drunk. Lin for with no Jeremy reason. Lin, yeah, right, for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but there's also a child drinking joke there too. So so they actually kind of reference the fact that there's a bunch of like anachronisms in this. So mm-hmm. the husband says, "Why is this happening to us?" And she's like, "Well, this is my fault because this started happening when I was seven. So it shows you a tea party, and it's her and this. It's these two young girls, and she's like, "We used to get drunk out of the tiny teacups to make it less obvious." And they're sitting there, and she's like, "No, don't put your doll in that chair. That's Jeremy's seat." And the other girl says, you know, you have to stop. Dana, you have to stop talking about, like, ghosts like this. It's not real. And she's like, Jeremy's real, I swear. And then Jeremy Lynn, the, um, who at the time was playing for the New York Knicks, comes and sits in the chair. Um, mind you, this is taking place in, like, 1986 or something, I think. Right. Um, and he's like, yeah, hit me up with that booze. So, adult... Lynn is what, like Vietnamese or something basketball player Vietnamese American basketball player getting drunk with two seven-year-old girls um and then the husband says but Jeremy Lynn wasn't even on the Knicks back then and that's when she's like whatever like this is how things happen or something I don't know <coughs> so yes there's this big party out of nowhere with all these like college age kids or teenage kids um, and the baby ends up getting drunk and doing drugs and presumably sleeping with two women. Right. Because they come back and there's two scantily clad women like laying in bed um, with the baby. Yeah. Laying in the baby's crib, I'm sorry, with the baby. Yeah. yeah. There's also a subplot that I forgot to mention um, where they contact this parody of um, ghost hunters called the Ghost Brothers. And it's the most... I don't understand it. It's the most obnoxious just like it's two dudes who want one guy who wants to be jim brewer and one guy who wants to be charlie day um and neither of whom succeed um saying that there's ghosts everywhere like oh there's 54 ghosts in this bathroom which if the movie had been better up to that point i might have found like that part kind of funny because it's just like you know right whatever like with ghost hunters where they're walking through or ghost adventures whatever that show is called where they're walking through and they're like oh yeah i sense the presence of blah 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 i mean it's kind of what you know grave encounters is parodying sure before yeah. it turns into like a and i do think horror. there's a mixture of like some kind of ghost adventures ghost hunters thing with property brothers like in terms of the personalities of those characters i think there's a reference to like the person the the property brothers like and their obnoxiousness sometimes um but yeah that goes nowhere that goes nowhere so it it, it, they're in several scenes Mm -hmm. and all they do is kind of scream and run around yeah um and then they go live in their van and they're constantly showing the van like something's happening but nothing's ever happening Mm -hmm. until something happens but we'll get to that um so anyway so the girl is disappeared at this point and they keep showing this ghost which is like an invisible man in a suit talking in a british accent about how much he's pissed off at these people because he can't scare them out of their house or he's like all proud because he like fucked with them so that ghost ends up fucking the wife at one point um 
through her clothes apparently because her clothes never come off but i guess if you're a ghost like maybe your you know your dick is ephemeral or something right um so they go out to the van to try and get help from these ghost brothers and the ghost brothers are naked and using infrared goggles to look at each other's dicks um so that scene goes nowhere except to make like implied gay jokes there right um then donald trump shows up at the house because that's the guy that the the husband was supposed to have an interview with the whole time oh there's a scene where so continuously throughout the movie they do the paranormal activity thing where it's the camera from across the room from the bed where the couple is sleeping Mm -hmm. with like the door opening and they do a bunch of like really lame jokes with that um but at one point the wife gets out of bed is like doing the thing where she's standing at the side of the bed just like teetering back and forth you know because it's done like in sped up walks over and farts on the man's face and then covers his face with the sheets and then it cuts back to the invisible man ghost and he's like oh yeah dutch oven um fucking classy so then she comes back into the room and she's holding a butcher knife and i guess the implication is like um you know the scene in paranormal activity mm-hmm. um but then she pulls out some peanut butter and then she takes the butcher knife and takes peanut butter out and it's implied that she's slathering it on the man's dick and then calls a dog and the dog has never been in the movie before there was a dog but it's not the same dog anyway so calls a dog up and the dog licks the man's dick while he like is getting off and saying how much he loves his wife and how mm-hmm. he's so happy that she's like finally like helping him out because there's implied that they never have sex um so donald trump comes to the house and he's sitting there and he's like impressed with the man he offers the man whatever job it is and it does the apprentice thing where it's like you're hired and all these people come out and cheer so then they stand up and the lights flicker and donald trump's like don't pay your bills only losers don't pay their bills and he's like oh no no no, it's just a short um, so then the TV comes on and it's film footage of the dog licking the man's dick. And Donald Trump is like, basically, you're a deviant, you know, I can't have you um, represent my company, you're fired. But then Donald Trump, and Donald Trump, who sharded when he was coming into the house and had to go to the bathroom and clean himself up. And then as he's leaving, peed himself and also sharded again. Sharding being when you try to fart and then you shit yourself. So yeah. I can't believe I'm just explaining this. <laughs> real life in 2022 this, this is this is what we've come to right this is where we are <laughs> i'm glad this is episode like 42 or whatever we're at. um so then donald trump says i'm gonna take the dog with me and the love music plays and he grabs the peanut butter to take with him and he's like ah oh, generic you're a loser and they leave and then that's the end of that yeah um so then there's a bridesmaid parody because there's a bunch of bridesmaids like beating up the wife for no reason and then there's a hunger games parody because the woman from the hunger games like may you ever whatever whatever she says the woman from the beginning of hunger games is there and she's going to brand the ass of the man with like this thing and then the ghost brothers show up and they kick out the um they have a ghost trap from ghostbusters 
and they suck all the ghosts in and they capture them and then right. it's like the end of the movie is the oh and then the, the girl comes back and she's completely different like she's got like like a normal haircut and she's wearing like a dress and she's like oh you know i've discovered that whatever like i'm not a lesbian anymore and blah 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 i don't know uh-huh. implying that being gay or yeah that you can you, the, you have to have a certain look yeah right I mean, like I, everything's just a choice and she can just right, choose yes. to be whatever she wants and, yes yes um she fell in love with the pool robot so now they're like together right so the end of the movie is her and the pool robot and the husband and wife sitting on the couch watching something yeah. on TV and all the cabinets open and they're like Felipe and he's like oh you got me and that's <laughs> right yes. yeah so you missed you missed one more rape joke um or at least non-consensual sex joke is when she's possessed at one point um the, the wife the husband wants to try to fuck her um Oh, right, right, right. He says, well, since she's unconscious, and she's like, no. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's, like, still denying him. Like, he But at least, at least he takes no, no fright. Right. That's true. He That's doesn't, true. He doesn't That's actually true. rape her. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's also a really weird joke where they go into Felipe's room, and there's two, like, oily silhouettes of two the men two guys with enormous penises yeah. each other. Yeah. Um, I didn't under. I mean, I understand that it's just making fun generally of like homosexuality, but I didn't know right. if that was like supposed. I, yeah, supposed I didn't to know if it was something. a reference to anything. I don't right. know. Um, yeah, there's a lot of references. I feel like I missed because I don't know if they're. Well, it's nonstop. I yeah. mean, um, yeah, I don't know what that reference was about with the stains on the sheets or whatever. But um, yeah, this. This movie is um for for purporting to be a comedy is very hateful. Oh um, my god, yes. It's very hateful. There, there's nothing funny in it at all. And um and it's not really to me it's like barely a spoof at times. Like it's it's more about just a way to work as many sexual jokes as you can into this movie. Um it's nonstop. It never stops. It's just one sex joke after another, and we we miss like you know, I mean, like all Dozens? pretty much all we've done, right? All we've done is just talk. Like you've you've described like basically one sex thing after another in every scene, in a like really inappropriate like stuff, and it's like we and there's still like probably forty more little things that it's like if not more like yeah. that are in this fucking movie. It it is atrocious. It's. I watched this thing twice because I was so like shell shocked watching it the first time that like I took no notes and I felt I need to go back and take notes. It took me eight times while I was grading like to hit play, watch a little bit, take some notes, and then I eventually just I couldn't do it anymore. Um, it was too much. So you really kind of miss the the beauty of the spin chagrin. Or the horror of the spin chagrin. I don't know, like however you want to look at it. Yeah. Because really, with the spin chagrin, you got to just sit there and take it, man. I did the first time. I'm saying, mm. I did the second I, time. No, this is why. So, 
here's some behind the scenes like info. Uh huh. This is why I've stopped watching Spin Chagrin movies on Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh-huh. Because in order to really build up the ability to like get out my vitriol for a movie that I've loathed, mm-hmm. I have to watch them again. And I find right. that like it really makes me hate myself to watch these movies again. So right. yeah. my my plan, my practice as of the past like six or seven is I don't watch them until usually like Monday. Right. And then I watch it and it's in my brain and I can just get it out and then I'm done and I don't have yeah. to think about it anymore. Right, right. Um, except Tubi's going to recommend me some terrible shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what the parody was that they tried. I didn't hit stop fast enough. It's one thing I hate about Tubi. And it like started playing a new movie and it was some parody, but I can't remember what it is now. Um, But it'll be there and I continue watching because it played five seconds of it. Yeah, this is atrocious. It's like it, it was a good one to red card me on because like mm. it's it's one of the things that like it it is one of the more loathsome things I have watched in a long time, in a long long time. Mm. Makes me feel good. <laughs> um, I mean, me too. You know, like, yeah. like I I don't want to pretend like this is just par for the course because this is particularly egregious. But you're a little girded to some degree, like against because you watch so many things that are bad for this supplemental podcast. Yeah. What's your, what's your score on it? I think this is a 10. Yeah. I I really think so. I think this is, you, you think about things like, what was that movie called? Like Stonerville or whatever. Right. Yeah. Which I would despise too, but not, not as bad as this. Stonerville did not feel like a real movie. Like, even though this movie is god-awful in all its phases, it's a real movie. And it's like... The fact that a group of people... Oh, and then the end of the movie, I'm sorry, the final part of the movie is French Stewart comes back with his Taiwanese hookers and basically implies that he's going to go up and have dirty, stinky sex with these Asians um, in their bedroom mm-hmm. uh, because they kicked him out of the insane asylum for being too crass and lewd or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, poor French Stewart. I mean, like, not, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't get it. Not not that that dude had ever really achieved like great heights, but I mean, whatever. He was fine. He was decent like bit comedy actor on a successful show for a while and man like how far and this is 2013 so who knows what he's doing now it's like fucking rickety cricket on always sunny like living on the streets of philadelphia somewhere (laughs) half burned and yeah so anyway so it's an obvious like this is a 10 this was a 10 for me it's like i absolutely like hated this entire thing you never watched larry the cable guy colon health inspector so That's true. I don't know. Like you don't you don't understand how terrible something can get. But I mean, you're but saying actually, is, is this actually, worse chagrin though? Sorry, I, I I think this is worse than Larry the Cable Guy because for as terrible as Larry the Cable Guy is, there's at least a plot that's happening in that movie, uh-huh. and it's telling a story that even though it's got all kinds of like pop culture references and bigotry and homophobia and misogyny, it still is telling the story of a character who grows into a better person throughout the course of the movie 
Whereas this movie is just the most loathsome individuals doing the most loathsome things to each other and themselves. Mm-hmm. And it just mercifully ends at a certain point. I mean, it really is one of the most appalling things I've ever had to sit through in my life that wasn't like like Solo, 120 Days of Sodom or something, you know, like because there's no, not even an artistic merit to it, like it's right. just terrible right yeah, there's there, there's nothing about this so uh, I have another question for you is there anything that anything that you like chuckled at, like nope. you know, nope, yeah, nope so I have, a, I, was, I, have a, I have a terrible admission to make. I didn't laugh. I didn't chuckle. At one point, I like grunted something that caught me by surprise. What was it? When the ghost is fucking her, she says, fuck me like you don't know me. And I went, <laughs> because it's actually a, I thought it was actually a pretty good line, um, but uh, in a different movie, um, <clears throat> the concept of the of the housewife who's hard up. I don't know, like the. <laughs> I, I don't know find what... that re- repugnant. I don't know. Like to me, that's that's <laughs> something that really bothers me. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of infidelity, and I'm not a huge fan of like. I'm not a huge fan of this movie. Like, I I. <laughs> I said, okay, so the best part of this movie was the sandwich that I ate during the first 10 minutes of this movie because that was my dinner. Yeah, I kept track of, though, uh, no laughs, the one grunt. I caught, and this is just what I caught myself, I caught myself sneering 12 times. And I, I think that pretty much I had a grimace on my face for the first time I watched it. Like the entire, like that's pretty much like the reactions that I had. Um, it was just pretty much a constant grimace or like just kind of like a shell shocked expression. But yeah, I caught myself sneering twelve times. That was the count that I took. So I had to do something. Awful. disgusting like and i don't say that about like many things like it's disgusting this movie so here's the thing that you need to understand is this is just the tip of the iceberg for movies like this because there are so many movies that are this movie that you're never gonna have to see in your life but that have been made and exist and yeah honestly like so he, he directs one a few years before this i don't know if you looked this guy up no i did Okay, so he directs one. This is the forty-one-year-old virgin who knocked up Sarah Marshall and felt super bad about it. Yeah, that feels like a movie where, look, it still wouldn't be funny, but the sex jokes maybe to some degree having a bunch of sex jokes is more appropriate. But like, not this one, right? And the problem with the sex jokes here is like, look, I mean, we grew up in the nineteen eighties, so we've seen plenty of like sex parodies, you know, you sure, see shit sure. like ski school or whatever i don't know there's plenty of stuff that is a, a comedy movie that is meant to titillate and like bring in an audience by showing like boobs and stuff right there's one instance of nudity in this movie and it's around an incest joke mm-hmm. and every other sex joke is derogatory towards 
someone. Yes. Or it's about having sex with someone of a very inappropriate age. Mm -hmm. So, oh, there's yeah, there's there's problems. And this is 2013. Yeah. Like if this was like 97. Right. We haven't even even hit 10 years. You know. I mean, maybe those jokes aren't still are not acceptable in 2022 but maybe you understand a little more because it's a different time like right you know people aren't as aware whatever socially like, aware yeah, right or at least people didn't have the same restrictions kind of like what you can and can't say sure because we didn't you know as a society we didn't respect people of like yeah, we didn't respect it and we didn't have the language yet that was like you know that we that we do now in terms of like understanding things and being able to describe them yeah so misogynistic mm-hmm. homophobic transphobic racist but really only towards hispanic people right and some weird anti-Semitism a little bit, but it's very small and like just comes out. Of, I you know it's like we love the Jews or so. I don't. I, I don't. Under, yeah. I don't remember. There's like, a KK, there's a client outfit. Yeah, that, that pops up. Like I, it's there's there there's deep issues with all of with the whole movie. Um, I mean, basically, it's like what I felt like I was watching was like um. But before that movement had really gained steam, it's, it felt like I was watching a comedy written by alt writers. But, yeah, so, but, but hiding behind the idea, oh, it's just a comedy. Legitimately, one of the worst things I've ever sat through in my life. Yes. Um. So yeah. So it's a den. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> What, what glad I was here for the 10 what is what what is the title of the category for the 10 it's like death is the final chagrin or something like that <laughs> right yeah right. so I made these um icons but, that were meant to illustrate my chagrin level and Chris yeah. has completely like never used them for anything so I did it like the first two weeks hmm. I put forth effort. He's always like, oh, you should draw some pictures. Why don't you draw pictures? Blah, blah, blah. Disregard. You know. But it's fine. You did this really, is the world we live in. You did, you did a really nice uh, really nice Nosferatu last week. Yeah, and you did post that. I did. So, I Bully for me. <laughs> um... There's a couple things I want to talk about, but I I can't. I'm I'm going to this. We're done talking about this movie. I've dreaded this for like days of reliving this thing yet again. Um, but I want to spin first, actually, and then like bring something up. Um, all right. So let's go share screen. Yes. Okay. All right. Something to do with mountains finally arrives. Something to do with mountains. Does that mean we're watching K-12, The Widowmaker? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen it, so we could be. Uh, had that one locked. Um, all right. So something to do with mountains. I haven't week. thought about that movie in twenty years. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good callback to something. It's Time. How my mind works, you know. Right. Um. What you want to talk about? I just wanted to talk briefly about uh, the Guillermo del Toro um, Cabin in the Curiosities or whatever the fuck thing on Netflix. Well, that's all you. I can't talk about that. Yeah, I know you can't. I, 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 but um, I do want to like say that like a lot of, I've watched four episodes now and that's probably all I'm going to watch. But um, the first two and then I skipped around because they did a adaptation of um, uh, Dream in the Witch's House. Um, oh, the Lovecraft. Yeah, and yeah. Um, uh, Pickman's model. Hmm. Um, I didn't really care for the first, but the latter, um, the Pickman's model adaptation, is really good. Um, stars Chris Crispin Glover and um, uh, Ben Barnes, who played like the villain in um, the Punisher. Um, Dreams in the Witch House is the one that has the rat with the face of a man, right? Yeah. Is that in there? Yes. Yes. Um let me um, not 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 necessarily well done to me, but it's like um yeah, I, I like both of those stories and um Pixum's model is really good. It's well done as an adaptation though. Um that's the one thing I can like recommend out out of, out of what I watched of that. I probably won't watch anymore. Um Oh, they're all an the, hour the, long. Yeah. The the Pickman's model is done by the guy that did the visual. Um, and then he also did that like terrible fire starter that we talked about on some spin sugar, and I think mm. at some point, but um, but no, that one's well done overall. Uh, somebody that we know too did the um, uh, dreams in the witch house. Um, and I just can't remember who that is off the top of my head that directed that. Let's see. It has gore, language, nudity, smoking, substances, and violence. Oh, it's Catherine Hardwick. Mm. Um, that that directed the dreams in the witch house um she's the one that um directed 13 and lords of dogtown uh-huh. um, so but see <clears throat> so yeah, i wasn't impressed with as impressed with that one but um yeah the other one was good um it's a shame i really like that lovecraft story yeah i do too um i um when i was in thailand i uh took a couple books with me to read i took three mm-hmm. things with me to read i took the novelization of once upon a time in hollywood that was written by tarantino mm-hmm. um, because i had never finished it so i ended up reading that whole thing um the week that we were at the beach like just in between like doing stuff um i took the wasteland with me like my um mm-hmm. pocket yeah uh wasteland um mm-hmm. So I could read some Elliot while I was in Thailand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could feel like extra pretentious. Sure. 
um, in the land of smiles. Um, and then I took my Lovecraft, um, one of my Lovecraft compilations, which actually has Dreams in the Witch House, which I read while I was there. Um, and some of my other favorite Lovecraft stuff, so. Nice. Um, I actually, I actually picked up, uh, Browning, um, the other night and started rereading, um, some Browning. I forget, like, how good he is sometimes. Um, some child rolling to the dark tower king sure there's a lot of stuff like uh, like my last duchess is yeah, oh yeah i love is, my last duchess fucking incredible um yeah. but yeah yeah uh it, it, his use of language um at times like i think i i love tennyson but like sometimes like his turn of phrase is is more impressive to me than even tennyson who i did, love did you make me do the opening to child rolling on a spin chagrin once am i misremembering that or did that actually happen no i think that actually happened mm-hmm. um it might have been a quick cage uh, it might have been a while ago yeah it does feel like it's been a long time yeah but yeah so um yeah i don't think i, I mean there's other things like that i've watched but um I, I, it's possible we might end up talking about them on some other podcasts at some point yeah um sure. we'll just mention it briefly because it's a recommendation of mine but i i think we'll talk about it some other places um and i wish i had seen it a month ago because it would have been perfect for the found footage episode um but uh um dash cam mm-hmm. which is a recent found footage horror movie mm-hmm. is streaming for free on hulu and i would recommend it um would it be in your top five yeah i think it is really yeah i love that movie i think (laughs) i want to watch it again (laughs) um (laughs) oh that's a good that's a good line frank i love that movie i think (laughs) well i want to watch it again because i want to make sure that what i i feel i've thought about that movie way too much post watching it um to not have really strong feelings for it if that makes sense gotcha so i'm really yeah i sent you i sent you a text last night of like my complete mixed feelings in like that whole experience of like watching it and it's like i think it's good i think i liked it i think it's really innovative i but i don't know if i can sit there and tell you how much i liked it or whether i truly truly liked it or whether i was just captivated by it but it's definitely worth watching if you're a fan of the genre i think so here's what i think and i was so torn about how i felt about that movie while i was watching it Mm -hmm. in the moment and i think that that's the ultimate testament for how amazing it is especially in the lead performance because it sucks you in so much because you hate her so much right that it's almost impossible to number one all right we'll we'll talk about it fully some other time but yeah i think it's almost the perfect subtle parody of something that's almost impossible to be subtle about and to me that is an incredible achievement and it's all done through the power of this woman's performance in this movie it is it's an incredible performance and 
it's so engrossing that you almost can't separate the fact that you're watching a movie like it makes you it, it, it it's triggering honestly like I, there's no better word for it and it triggers you so much so many times that it's impossible to divest yourself from your personal feelings and remember that you're watching fiction you know right. and like right but then you get pushed back into the fiction by different aspects of it and it's so jarring like that switch between the two mm-hmm. and again i just think that it's like i think it's an amazing performance i think there's some really great um camera work in it and yep. some really great uh practical and, and digital effects and everything is just balanced by one of the most savvy performances i think yeah in a long time and a movie that in a performance that isn't it's so over the top but it's so on point and it's just it's crazy like how good it is i mean i i really think i don't know if it's one of the best horror movies that i've seen in the past 20 years because i think that it i think it falls short in some aspects there although i think it does some stuff really well but I think it's one of the best character roles I've seen in a really long time. And I definitely would like to watch it again just to see um, see how I feel knowing, you know, the end result of the movie. So, yeah, I have a feeling I'll probably be watching it at some point again um, or something. So, yeah, um, I'll, I'll watch it then. But yeah it's 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 a captivating movie and it's definitely um worth watching from someone who's not really an actress either um and the funniest thing about it is i think that i think the true target audience would there's such a risk of someone that's the real target audience of this movie being so put off in the initial like 20 to 30 (laughs) minutes and Mm -hmm. just turning it off because they can't stand watching it because it literally is so I mean, it was making me legitimately angry at times. Like, I was so hateful towards this person. And it took me, I kept having to tell myself, you're being an idiot. Like, just watch the movie. Then I'd be like, this fucking bitch. And I don't know. It's, 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 it's worth watching. And it's free on Hulu. So if you have Hulu, yeah, take the 90 minutes and just watch it or whatever it is. Yeah. Agreed um it's worth watching yep um there's actually the other one on hulu um not hellraiser but the other one that we both watched that kind of caught me off guard barbarians barbarian is free on hbo max and is definitely worth watching as well um it was a movie that really caught me off guard a couple times and I was not 100% certain how it was going to end, which rarely happens where I'm like kind of like really in the dark about what's going to happen in a, in a horror movie. True. I didn't know where it was going. Um, Especially because midway through it just completely like pulls the emergency brake and does like a 180 fucking Tokyo drift (laughs) into like a completely different lane. And you're like, what the fuck am I even watching? Yeah. What was that other movie on Hulu that I thought? I gotta just look it up now. I can't remember. You said I, I watched it too? I thought so. I thought I told oh, you to geez. watch it. There was three horror movies on Hulu. One of them was the Hellraiser reboot, which was um 
disappointing uh, to say the least. Um, but there was another one. I can't. Maybe I watched it and didn't tell you to watch it. Maybe. Could be a thing that happened. Um, Matriarch just came out, and I'm actually pretty curious to watch that. I think that looks okay. I don't see anything that's popping out to me that I've watched recently on Hulu, but that doesn't mean anything. I could have just forgotten it already. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. There were definitely, definitely something else. Maybe on the next spin chagrin, I'll remember and bring it up. Right. All right. Anything else, Frank? Uh, no. Happy Halloween. Yeah, happy um, Halloween. Listen to... I mean, this was definitely... It's definitely horrifying. Um, Watching this movie for... Yeah, scarier than any um any horror movie that I've watched probably um was this movie tonight <clears throat> what was yeah. the title again Frank 30 Nights of Paranormal Activity with the Devil Inside the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo good job thanks for listening everybody next week something to do with mountains eh, deuces <laughs> <laughs>